Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance-building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, be sure that you do so today so that you never miss an episode as part of this series or the regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests this season. All right, for today's episode, inside the huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Brandon Smith. Brandon is a linebacker who played college football at Penn State. During his college football career, he was a two-year starter, and during the 2021 season, Brandon had 81 tackles, 45 of them solo, two sacks, and a forced fumble. Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Let's kick off our chat talking about, I want to run it way, way back. You're from Virginia. Tell us, how did you get into football? When was the first time you suited up or picked up a ball? And what about it made you fall in love with the game? Really getting into football and really just sports in general is pretty easy like around here because that's all that there is. I'm from a small town to where there's only like three stoplights. So you just need something to get into, whether it's any type of sport, hunting, fishing, dirt bikes, four wheels, whatever it is, you know, you just kind of like getting into it and being hands on with it. So uh, around the age of six, I was introduced to finally playing football and being able to like play in a controlled setting. So that's kind of when I started and I had my dad coach me all the way up until I want to say like middle school. And then after that, you know, just kind of took off from there. And was there something about the game that made you excited about or want to stick with it? Really, for me, like I didn't know what it was about the game of football, but I always loved it. From the age of six, it was just one of those things where just I just love playing the game. And like, obviously, I was into other sports as well, because just being like a multi-sport athlete. But really, it was it was easy to fall in love with the sport. And really at the time I never really knew why because obviously I was too young to really even you know think that deeply into it but after I got older it was really just like the team aspect that really attached to these are guys that you play in I want to say like 12 games with a season and you really spend an all year you know working up to that and really there's a lot of commitment there's a lot of communication and there's just a lot of effort that's put into the sport. So really, that's that's what I love about it. A lot of my listeners know that the whole Move the Ball movement started because I fell in love with the game of football at four, was a student of the game. My whole life took so many lessons away from being a competitive athlete and from the sport of football itself. When you look back upon your time playing football, what are some of the lessons that you've taken away from the game that you think will be helpful for you as you transition into playing professional football, as well as just to be successful in life? Really, it's uh, the game of football and the game of life is the game of chess. Uh, ultimately, there's going to be things that happen, whether or not it's going to be a big play or if someone gets injured or something like that. And you got to be able to adjust and you got to be able to make the next move to, you know, worth it. 
just like the game of chess, you know, you got your pongs, you got everything that you need. And if somebody makes a move, then you got to be able to counter that and ultimately win. So that's that's all it is uh, within the game of life and the game of football. And that's kind of how, like, I have looked at things ever since I, you know, entered into college and even moving forward into the real world. I think that's great. It's important because you're right. It is a game of chess. You're always assessing and adapting and adjusting as necessary. And I'm going to come back and ask you some more about that in just a little bit. But you play linebacker. In your mind, what are the necessary attributes to be successful at this position? And secondly, what makes you elite? Really, the linebacker is like the quarterback of the defense. So you have to be smart. You know, there's a whole bunch of people that have the perception that linebackers are just meatheads that just go ahead and just run and destruct and stuff like that. When really, to a certain extent, that is the case. But really, that's not the whole truth about our position. Really smart people. You got to line up a whole defensive front. Make sure everybody around us is lined up in the right position. Make sure everybody's on the right same page. And really, you know, we got to be the smartest ones on the field. And that's kind of like the beauty of being a linebacker, to be honest, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, think that you're one thing and you're really not. So, I mean, it, it gives you a lot of control to be able to, you know, go out and put people in places to where they can be successful. And you also look good and feel good about it because, you know, you made that change. You made that decision to do that. And really, that's the beauty of it. You excelled playing football, not only in college, but also in high school, your senior season, you ended up having 165 tackles, 30 tackles for loss, TFLs, 11 sacks, five forced fumbles. You were a five-star recruit, ranked uh, number one inside linebacker in the entire 2019 recruiting class. And you had offers from many, many programs, including Alabama, Clemson, and USC. Why did you end up choosing Penn State? Really just the overall environment and knowing that the situation I was going to be going into was, you know, best fit for me. Even outside of football, as far as like the location, that really, you know, it kind of, it's not like home, but it reminds you a little bit like home because just the overall aspect of people being, you know, nice to you, loving, opening arms and everything like that. So really outside of the football standpoint, that's why I chose Penn State. And within the football standpoint, you still get that family aspect whenever you walk into the building, everybody's smiling, laughing, joking, showing you a lot of love. And really, that's that's all you can really ask for, to be honest with you. And let's talk about you being a Nittany Lions. So as a true freshman in 2019, you were in all 13 games, one of uh, 19 true freshmen to play. How did that feel getting to see you know quite a bit of action as a true freshman? Really, it really gave me a lot of momentum going into the next year, to be honest. I knew that I wasn't really going to get a lot of playing time as far as a lot of valuable snaps during like key critical moments of the game. But I knew that those snaps that I did get and those opportunities that I did get, I was working my way up to next year. And really, that's kind of how I looked at it and looked at it like as far as me going forward and not just me not really getting a lot of time in it now. So, I mean, that's kind of how I looked at it and really, you know, cherish those moments I did get on the field my freshman year. And being an elite athlete, you know that in order to excel at being a competitive player, it's all about that continual improvement, right? That getting that 1% better each and every day. So coming out of your first season at Penn State, what were some of the things that you felt like you really wanted to work on improving so that you could excel and become a starter in your uh, sophomore year? For me, it was just making sure that I knew everything that I possibly needed to know as far as the playbook, whether it was somebody around me, the type of uh, formation I could possibly get out of a certain play. There was there's lots of things. And really, that was kind of like the way I mentally prepared for the next season. And fortunately, you know, 
made that worth it. I'm I'm more so the type of person that really I have to like I think stuff through. And so me thinking forward, I was like, okay, you need to be able to know this playbook inside and out, even start working at multiple different positions within the playbook. So that's kind of how the approach that I had. And fortunately, that's what I ended up doing. And worked out well for you. So let's talk about 2020. It was a crazy year for every single person across the globe, known as the COVID year, right? The world shut down and it was a time that required all of us to adjust and adapt like we talked about earlier. Tell us about how that season was different because of COVID and some adjust- adjustments that you and the team had to make. That season, it, it, was, it was a weird season. Going into the building, you know, you don't really see anybody's faces like that because of masks. You're doing a lot of your meetings on Zoom, even though you're in the building. So like you'd be in like a different, completely different position room than what you're normally in. You can't really have defensive meetings as far as like a whole defense or anything like that. So it's it's really something to get used to. And it, it was tough because like you're so used to being able to, you know, reach out and give your um, brother a handshake and stuff like that. When really that's not even the case because you had to be so spread out and everything like that. And even during practice, you had to have like an additional like face shield on your uh, face mask. So those are like the small adjustments that we had to make. And then even with like traveling and stuff like that, it got not really difficult, but it was just, it was just new. And ultimately, you know, going into the stadium, you're not really seeing anybody in the stands and besides your parents and family. And then they moved it to where the, at the end of the season, there was nobody. You go from 110, 107,000 to nobody that that will mess with you as far as um your mental because you know you expecting to grab that energy from other people and you don't have you don't have anybody to grab it from so that's kind of like some of the small challenges that we had to deal with and how did you ensure that you are mentally strong you obviously had a great year ended up starting all nine games had 37 tackles 15 of them solo you led the team in tfls with a two sacks, a fumble recovery, and a pick. Like, how, how did you stay, you know, make sure that you were mentally sound when you didn't have that energy to feed off of in the stadium? For me, outside of the game of football, I try not to think about all that we have to go through and all that we have to endure, you know, when I'm not on the field. Like, I'm for the most part, I try to, like, separate football. Football is, you know, within that field and within that facility anything else outside of it is is that and so I try to separate the two worlds and when I'm not within the football facility or on the field I try to you know release all stress or whatever like that and I really think about anything and it allows me to stay fresh as far as like mentally to be able to prepare and do what I need to do on the field when I get there. Now let's talk about this past season very different than 2020 fans in the stands have that energy there. So one game in particular, I wanted to talk to you about the whiteout game versus Auburn. You had a standout performance in that game. How was that experience for you? Oh, it was great. I know my freshman year, we had the uh, whiteout game against Michigan to where we basically, the stadium was so loud. We made them call a timeout before they could even run a play. That was kind of like the feeling that I got from that Auburn game, you know, running on the field, you can feel the ground shaking, all of that. And it was really a great experience and I definitely going to miss it. So when you look back, well, actually, I guess I'll say to you, you were named the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week that game as well. So kudos to you there. Now, when you look back at your career, I think we all have moments that I'll say are growth moments that really help us to kind of improve and mature and become better players, better leaders. Can you tell us what one of those moments was for you? As far as from a growth standpoint, it's just me knowing that I'm 
you know, going to have to mature and have to really look out for the younger guys that they didn't really, that just came in. I mean, for me, I didn't really have the luxury of anybody else helping me as far as the playbook and stuff like that. So I had to learn it on my own and with the help of Coach Pride. So for me, I made it, you know, a personal thing to where I'm not going to allow them to go through the same stuff I went through. So I was obviously reaching out and being an older brother to those guys that were just coming in and making sure that they were as comfortable as possible as far as learning the playbook. And so that's something from a leadership standpoint that I started doing and I was able to do. And when you look at your last season at Penn State, what was the most memorable game for you? For me, I would I would probably have to say that Auburn game. It was it was a really special moment being up underneath the uh, lights, seeing all white and everything like that. So it, it was really a great moment, and especially with a SEC team coming in and you getting the win like that. It's it's really big. It's a really big moment. And I've been sharing quite a bit this season with my listeners that I'm an Alabama alum. So absolutely, we were very happy to see Penn State beat Auburn in the whiteout game. Now, when you when you look at just, you know, as you've been growing up and playing high school ball, college ball, was there somebody in your life that really helped push you and challenge you to be better at your craft? Really, I can I can tip my hat off to my father for that one, because he was always like the biggest critic, the one that was really getting on me the most and making sure that I was, you know, giving everything I had at all times, no matter whether I was tired, whether I didn't feel like doing something like he kind of instilled in me that will to, you know, continue to push on and continue to drive because not a lot of people have that. And for me and growing up like that and being disciplined enough to stick to that, even throughout my adult years, really shows the um, impact that not only him, but the other people in my support system have. Shout out to your dad, especially. I know he's super proud of you. So you declared for the 2022 NFL draft. You still had college eligibility. Why come out now? For me, I just felt like I was mature enough to make the move and you know, this is what I always wanted to do since I was the age, since the age of 10. I, I started writing down signatures. It's somewhere in a notebook around here. But I really started, you know, just writing down my signature. And everybody's like asking me, like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm writing down my signature, practicing my signature. I'm going to go big. This is that there. So that's kind of like the start I had. And really, you know, obviously, you know, getting offers and stuff like that kind of made that a reality. But that's the dream that I had from the age of 10. And I stuck with that and being able to have the opportunity to go and chase my dreams and have everybody around me see that I'm, I'm doing it really is the reason why that I chose to leave. Love it. And so you were working really hard training at Exos in Arizona, getting ready for the combine, did well at the combine. Talk to us about what was your experience like training? Oh, it was great. Um, it was definitely like a change of pace as far as like the workouts not being two hours long, how it is like Penn State and stuff like that. And really like you're more precise as far as like the things that you do and like not only like what you eat and everything like that. So being out there, you really learn how to train. I wouldn't say correctly, but train for a specific purpose. Like during a training session, we have literally one thing that we try to train for and they say like it's our start and working a certain technique or either it's like our back half work like we have like specific things that we look forward to training in the, in that specific day and even like our lifts like our training for specific aspects of our runs and our field work and overall strength and stuff like that so that's really the takeaway that I learned from there and really it opened my eyes to a lot of things as well 
And so the NFL Combine, it's a place for the elite of the elite, the elite get invited to participate. You were one of eight Penn State players that were there. There are a total of 324 players from 106 schools. So wide cross-section of schools represented at the Combine. How was the experience like for you? Oh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I knew that it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I really, as, as you've probably seen, I try to make the best of it. There was a lot of different meetings, a lot of running around and everything like that. But for the most part, I was just kept on reminding myself, like, this is what you wanted since you was 10. I'm not going to complain about it because there's thousands of other people that want to be in my situation and unfortunately didn't have the opportunity to. So I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. So I really, you know, embraced it, made the most of it. And, you know, I'm fortunate for it. And you definitely displayed your athleticism during the physical test, like people expected. I mean, your 40-yard, 4.52 seconds, tying fourth for the 40, both your jumps, uh, 37 and a half inches vertical, 10 feet, 8 inches broad jump. So you definitely did well. How did it feel like getting those those physical performances done? For me, I, I, I was always like training for like doing more and like being able to, you know, set a higher bar than what I did. But I mean, for the most part, I got to live with it. And um, and I'm really fortunate for what I did get because not a lot of people, you know, was able to get that. And also, like, I also look at my size and it's like, well, I'm almost 255 pounds and still being able to run as fast as I can, jump as far and high. I was like, I really can't complain about nothing else. Right. Definitely impressive numbers. Well done. So if a team were to ask you, why should they pick you, Brandon, over someone else? What would you say? I would say just overall character. Like I am who I am and what I say I'm going to do is what I'm going to do. Uh, there's a lot of people within meetings. They'll try to create a facade of like who they are just so it sounds good. But for me, I'm authentic. I don't have no other, I don't have no other reason to be fake or to basically just tell anybody just anything that they want to hear within the moment. I am who I am and I've stuck to it this this far. So why change up now? Great answer. So what I want to do now, Brandon, is run through my two minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Okay. Outside of football, what do you like to do? Video gaming. What is one thing most people don't know about you? Um, very quiet. <laughs> what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? <laughs> quiet, caring, and I'll say funny when I when you get to know me funny. Okay, great three words. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? I'd probably say Through the Wire, Kanye. What is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach? Just to continue to be who I am. I love that. Great, great, great advice. Now I'm going to flip it and ask you, what is the best piece of advice that you would give someone? Stay true to who you are and uh, and continue to chase your dreams because, I mean, nobody can limit you on what you can do. Absolutely. Now you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? I would probably have to say, was it Chad, Chad Bozeman, Samuel L. Jackson and Denzel Washington. Great three actors, great three choices. Why would you pick them? Really just seeing them on like the big screen and seeing how they like they act and everything that I would definitely want to like pick the brain and see how like the thought process is whenever they're going into like a, a specific role. Like you had Denzel with the equalizer, Samuel L. Jackson, you had him with like all like the hitman bodyguard and all that. Like really just like looking into those roles, like those are difficult roles and you being able to play them well. I want to know how you are as a person, like what you personally did to, you know, work yourself up to that. 
Now, my last question is, do you sing in the shower? Depending on what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what song it is, yeah. All right. And so as we look to close the show, let people know, how can they follow you, Brandon? Where are you at on social media? Social media, I'm on Instagram, Twitter. I recently started a Twitch account, YouTube stuff as well. So really YouTube, just look at my name with Instagram is B dot underscore Smith with two underscores. Twitter is Brandon with a zero instead of an O underscore Smith 12. And with Twitch, it is B Smitty 012. So that's kind of like the, the ways you could either contact me or keep up with me. Okay, cool. We will have those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Thank you so much for being with us today, Brandon. It was great chatting with you. No problem at all. Nice, nice to be here. And thank you to everyone for listening. If you liked today's episode and you haven't yet hit that subscribe button, go ahead and do so today. And also share the episode with a friend or two or three. That's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.